Hello and welcome to Random Movie Night. It's a podcast where we watch a movie chosen by a random number generator. My name is Keith Phipps. I'm here with... Oh, Mike hey, Mike. Mike I Ryan. didn't know you were going to do that. You've never done that before. Oh, well, yeah, well, you, you got to mix it up. you got to keep it fresh. Sure. Um, yeah. So we are here to talk about the 39th most popular film of 1990. Uh, a film slightly less popular than Air America and Predator 2 and slightly more popular than Pacific Heights and Child's Play 2. Uh, that film is called Green Card. Mike, had you seen this movie before? Not that I remember. Nothing about it's, it seemed familiar. And yet, I think – I'm going to say this before we get going. I think sure. we have to be the first dedicated podcast to just talk <laughs> about Green Card. And I cannot imagine anyone is listening to this. There's no people listen. People want no, to they it. aren't. There's sure. no one listening to this. No one no, cares about felt, green cards. I'm just saying a, a lot of people are listening. I'm just saying that some people are listening. We have subscribers and they enjoy the format and the host. <laughs> so the, the autoplay, the people that uh, have it set to autoplay might on accident listen. We might pick up a, a few Depardieu fanatics. The, the, the Depardieuians. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Those. Yeah. Yeah. Depardieu's. It's a very Depardieu-heavy movie, and so this film was released on Christmas Day of 1990, but only released in two theaters. So to call it a 1990 film is kind of a stretch, kind of just stayed in a couple of theaters for a little bit and kind of gradually got a wider release. I mean, it's sort of like a release strategy that people don't do to, anymore today, like you know, rolling out a little bit at a time, kind of peaking in early February with like 700 theaters. I don't know. It was very strange uh, by today's standards. And and it was modestly popular, modestly well-received. It's a very modest film. Um, yeah, Green Card. Well, you know, I, I think, you know, we talked a little bit before that. You really did not care for this film, correct? I found it very uninteresting. <laughs> I'll put it, I don't know. No, no, I, I, I had trouble getting through it, yeah. I I I found it perfectly pleasant, and I, I don't mean that as, as like high praise or anything. But it's a very I found it a very serviceable rom com, made uh, slightly more interesting by the fact that Weir directed it. He's a he's a sure hand uh, as a director, and and just the weirdness of Depardieu's like Hans Zimmer did you know, the score. Hans Zimmer did the score, and just sort of the weirdness of a rom com whose other purpose is to introduce. Gerard Depardieu to English speaking audiences because this was kind of designed to do that. We wrote it after the Mosquito Coast kind of flopped, uh, but before. But that's a great movie. I wish we would have gotten that one. Well, maybe we will. I've never seen that one. That's that's that's. You've one never I, seen I, the Mo- Mosquito Coast? Oh my god! No, no. I, I I need to catch up with this one of these days. But but he he wrote it after that that kind of came out and flopped, but before. Uh, Dead Poet Society was a big hit, and he said since then in a in an interview I, I read on on a website called IndieWire, maybe you've heard of it, that you know it kind of made him this movie kind of like he was him playing it safe, and he kind of regretted <laughs> playing it safe, and you can kind of see that in this film. But I think it's interesting. It's it's the whole thing was put together as an Australian French co production, even though it's shot in America. Uh, they got tax breaks because they used a an Australian crew. In some, you know, up to a certain point. And, you know, obviously Depardieu, it was a big deal for him to be in a Hollywood film. He'd kind of been writing high in American art houses for a while, thanks to films like Cyrano de Bergerac and, and Jean de Florette, uh, which was the first foreign film I ever saw in a, in a theater. Um, and here he was, America. Welcome to Gerard, the world of Gerard Depardieu. What do you think? How does it, how's it work as, as sort of like, if you're coming to this, like, let's see 
how the biggest star in France fits into an American film. What is your takeaway from this, from watching this? I would think France is like really boring. <laughs> like this is the best you've got. Like, I mean, he's fine. Like in other movies, like I don't, that's no look day par duties. I'm not going after your guy. I'm just saying if this is the introduction, boy, that's uh I don't know. I mean, you know what movie I even like him in? Uh, even The Man in the Iron Mask. That's Porthos. Yeah. He's even, he's entertaining. My Father the Hero. He's fun in that. This movie is just, it's just, I, I, I couldn't even make it through. Like, I quit watching like an hour in and then had to watch the other 45 minutes later. Cause I'm just like, I have, I would rather be doing anything else with my life. Like, mm. it, it, <laughs> it is, you're right. It's not the worst movie ever made, but I wish it were. Cause that would be more interesting. Well, we should walk through the plot a, l- yeah, a little look, bit. Sure. Um, so, Annie McDowell, fresh off her her star making turn in Sex Lies and Videotape, plays Bronte Parrish, who is a, a New Yorker who loves plants. She works around plants. Uh, she. Oh, there uh, is so much plant talk in this movie. That is the other thing. <laughs> And she was she's a botanist. Is that is that correct? She's a horticulturalist. Okay. Which, you know, the distinction is lost on me, but but I think it's more like applied botany more than anything else. Oh, I see. Okay. Well, when they're not talking about the green card, they're talking about plants. Anyway, go continue. Please, please oh, yeah, tell, well, please tell everyone listening the plot of this movie. And well, she you know she works as a, a works as a, as a charity that plants plants and um sort of you know um in in poor neighborhoods and to improve the quality of life and you know seems like an overall good person and she really wants an apartment with a greenhouse in it in a building that's only I mean, what, rent. what new yorker doesn't have an apartment with a greenhouse in it right you, you have one right I'm, well yes of course everyone in new york has a huge greenhouse on a roof with a big patio i mean of course that's what she wants that is it's a good apartment. That is that is that comes standard. Anyway. Yeah, it's it's a it's a good space. I would I would uh, I'd take it. I don't know if I commit fraud to get that apartment, but that's what she sets out to do when she marries Georges Foray, an illegal alien, uh played by Gerard Depardieu. I shouldn't use it for an illegal alien, but but um um un, undocumented uh person in in New York. Um who wants to stay? So they enter into a sham marriage, which works for both of them until it doesn't because the they find themselves under investigation by INS. Yeah, INS is not buying it. No. INS, including uh, – what's his name from, from uh, Star Trek Voyager? Ethan Phillips. Ethan Phillips. Yeah. I have an Ethan Phillips story. Oh, go. Um, so it's actually right – I think I have it right here. Uh, my uh, – a uh, friend and former uh, podcast uh, uh, guest, Jordan Hoffman, mm-hmm. was at a Star Trek convention because he hosts a lot of those. And he met him and <laughs> knows that I love the show Benson, which he was also a cast member on Benson. He played Pete and he got me a signed picture of him and he, he signed it to me. Nice. Yes. Through, through Jordan. Jordan. Jordan got it for me. Nice. Well, that's that is that's well well done, Jordan. And and I'm sure he's to like Mike. A... You rule, Ethan Phillips. <laughs> he seems so like Ethan nice... Phillips, who is in Green Card, thinks I rule. He seems like a nice fellow. I enjoy him on. I enjoyed him in this movie and and on Benson. I was also a, a fan of of Benson, and he's on Better Call Saul. Yeah, this he, season. Uh, 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 yeah. Currently, he he plays he played the judge in this season of Better Call Saul. Let's just talk about Ethan Phillips. Let's Boy, just, let's I'd, just I'd, I'd, I'd rather. <laughs> I'd rather talk about Benson. I'd rather talk about Star Trek Voyager. I'd rather talk about Better Call Saul. 
I'd rather talk how, about the Mosquito Coast. Um, <laughs> how, how how deep into Voyager have you have you gotten? That's a, that's a series I've never none, watched. None. Uh, so, very, but very, I'd rather talk about this series I've I've seen like three episodes of than this movie. But nope, we're gonna stay on staying on staying on. Uh, Did you watch is. Deep Space Nine? Um, no, nah, it was so long ago. Like uh, I watched maybe the I know I watched the first season. I don't know. It was like you know I I realized people love it. You know, I, I, I was just hit and miss. I was hit and miss with Star Trek on Next Generation as well. Mm. And then Voyager, I just never got into. Deep Space Nine's great. And it also features Benson Cast member oh. Rene Abergenois. Yeah. So you're... Yeah. Uh, Clayton Indicott the third. Yeah. Yeah. Who was right. also at that Star Trek convention, but he, he did not give me a autographed <laughs> Benson picture from, uh, <laughs> to Jordan Hoffman to give to me. Anyway. What is that? That was a gift from Jordan. I didn't know that was happening, by the way. That was not something I requested. Ah, oh, that's very sweet. Yes. Uh, all right. So back to green card. So they have to uh, then pr- live together and pretend to be married uh, and actually get to know each other uh, in order to pass this test. And, and you know, they don't they don't like each other very much at first, do they? But then I think they do. It's a romantic comedy. Yeah, that's the movie. Yeah, I, pretty much. I, I put it on much. mute because I ate a chip. Oh, I sorry. Well, I didn't know you were going to come back to me. No, <laughs> keep, keep it in. It's fine. That's how I feel. That's how I feel about this movie. I'm eating chips just listening to you. Yeah, just listen to me talk about green card. Um, I mean, I this movie, this movie has some moments. Talk I like... about? This was always my worst fear with this podcast. Oh, I get no. a movie like Green Card. There's really nothing to talk about. It's not so bad. It's fun, like staying alive. It's not there... good. There's, a, there's a, so there's a reason to talk about it again. It deserves its place in history as forgotten. There's a plenty to talk about here. We've got Baby Newworth as 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 her best friend, who's who's a big and brassy personality. I liked I liked her. That was fun, right? Yeah, she's good in it. Yeah, and I like the best I like known the scene. as uh, Fraser Crane's wife, Lilith Crane. That's right, and uh, I like the scene where um, he has to uh, play the piano uh, w- without, and it's not clear that he has any sort of skills whatsoever in that department and and th- at the party, and yet then he kind of wins her over with his improvised song and wins over her uh, her you know the people that would give her money. This is this is this is all good stuff. It's it's hot. It's it's, it's just really great, funny rom. No, right, it's not that great, but it's it's fine. It's Man. very watchable. <laughs> I don't know where you're coming from with this one, but okay. <laughs> what about Andy McDowell and, and plant talk? If you love plants, there's so Andy much McDowell plant talk in this movie. It's interesting. Andy McDowell is interesting because I I like her. I just find yeah. her a winning screen presence. But I kind of get. You know, she every in every one of her movies, you kind of get why there's people that that were never into her because she has like occasionally she'll offer this line reading that that just, it sounds like she learned English phonetically. It's very strange. I love Annie McDowell. Yeah, I know. I she, but she's 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 kind of unpredictable. You know, in ways that this are is like, all you. I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Go, I'm not. On, I'm not on board with this. I'm. I'm. No, I'm okay. fully on board with Annie McDowell. Oh, I'm trying to get at what makes her kind of a divisive figure because I remember there's people that just really hated her when she was having her heyday, and I was never one of them. I don't remember that. You, you don't? You no. don't remember like people talking about how Four Weddings and Funeral was good, except for Andy McDowell? None of this. Not, no, that does not ring oh. a bell. Right, maybe I was with no, the no, wrong. Those were your circles. No, yeah, I was with the wrong people or something. Yeah, All right, you you need new friends. <laughs> perhaps, <laughs> perhaps so. The, so. Your your friends who seem to love Green Card but don't like Andy McDowell. That is not a crew I want to hang with. Uh, let's see what else. What else are we talking about? We're we talking about. So this is this is probably the most stereotypically French character you could possibly have, right? He's into music and he's into fine dining. He smokes and he drinks wine and and uh, he, he's he's forward with his opinions. Do you, do you feel like there's a character in there? 
No. You feel like it's just sort but, of you know, different... he, the, the thing about um, Gerard Depardieu, he does have a screen presence that is, uh, you know, he's a he's a big lumbering man, mm-hmm. but he also uh, seems there's this timidness to him or like there's something there that's appealing. Does that make sense? It, at least on screen. Uh, his his recent exploits seem to have been a little uh, oh, less. I, I, less I have no idea. I, okay. Never mind. I'm just yeah. saying, at least in this movie, I don't know what he's up to today. Oh, he's he's been accused of sexual assault. Uh, oh, that's terrible. Yeah. It is. Why it are you is. making me say good things about this guy then? You know, he lost forty pounds for this. Oh my god, you're like setting me up to like say nice things about him, and then you're like, oh, by the way, you got me tooed. Like, what? I, have a, I didn't I, know that. I have a Gerard Depardieu story that's not as good as your story, but I'll I'll, I'll share it anyway. So this was before that came out. We went to see the Chicago Symphony Orchestra. And it was a strange thing where it was Prokofiev's music for Ivan the Terrible, uh, for and and that you know some a lot of it was used in the movies and a lot of it you know some of it wasn't and it was like arranged as as this evening um, with dramatic readings of the part of Ivan the Terrible by Gerard Depardieu and this was 2017 and it wasn't until later that I found out. Depardieu loves Putin, like they're pals, like, and he's kind of in with this sort of the shady circle. And so this is him on stage with this this powerful music, all about the ascent of, of Russia, the unstoppableness of Russia, this forceful personality that's going to take over the world. It was, you know, it, it, while it was happening, it, it was strange and, and wonderful and entrancing. Learning that stuff afterwards, at the height of the, the first stirrings, or like sort of the the I mean, it's the first stirrings, but but while the whole Russia uh, scandal was going on, uh, it was it's all in retrospect a very unusual evening at the orchestra. What did he say? Was he, what he was he was saying this like we I like Russia. Well, I mean that was that was part of the character. He's playing Ivan the Terrible. I mean, okay, he, I thought I thought you meant he like went off script and gave a monologue or something. Oh no, oh like, no. By, he, hey gang, but let's let's huddle up. I, I got something I want to share. Uh yeah no it was it was um it was it was quite the evening. I want to I want to be clear. I I am now anti Depardieu. <laughs> I didn't know this. Like I feel no. set up. I feel set up. No, no, I, I. It's fine. I mean, you can talk about you know someone can be appealing on screen and and be a repulsive. Thank goodness, uh, no one will ever listen to this podcast. But I did not know that. Now I'm going to be quoted as like, well, you know, Depardieu seems like a great, great human being. Like there's something in there yeah, <laughs> that just, boy, I just like that a lot. No, God, <sighs> I'm oh, sorry. We that was that this was never movie, this movie was just. Oh. Should we close out the book on this movie? <laughs> Is this officially our shortest one? We've I don't know. It, we've made it 16 minutes. 16 minutes. I don't know. I mean, I, it's... Well, let's talk about the ending. We should We should finish off yes. with the movie. How it happens. Yes. Okay. So what happens? Go, I no, 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 no. I, I remember. They, <laughs> it ends with them being deported, but them falling in Yeah, he gets deported at the end. <laughs> it's like... So it. So they... Okay. So they have... Uh, so Andy McDowell and Gerard Depardieu are like taken into separate rooms and interviewed. And they've been studying each other because the, the IMS is like, uh, we do not believe this for a second. So they're quizzed. And what's the question that gets Depardieu? He messes one up. What is it? It's about – it's a really nitpicky question that, that that if someone asked me about my wife, uh, I would be deported. Because it's like sort of like what's the name of the brand of her face cream? Yeah, like, it, was, okay. it, was, yeah it was something really esoteric and like – you know, if that determines whether or not I, I stay in the country, I, I'm, I'll have to say goodbye to my family. Yeah, and, and instead of Depardieu being like, I don't know, no one knows something like that. He just like immediately freaks out and basically is like, hey, you got me dead to rights. I did not know that. I, I, I This is a sham. 
uh, do not, uh, I don't want Andy McDowell getting in trouble. Right. And he immediately, the, 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 he immediately, uh, admits, admits guilt. And then, um, on the street, Andy McDowell's like, cause she's not in the room with him. Oh, I think that went well. And he's like, oh yeah, sure. And then, um, they, you know, are like, yeah, you know, well, we pulled it off. And then Gerard Depardieu doesn't want to tell her that, uh, he confessed. And then, um, basically Pete from Benson (laughs) is like, uh, Ethan Phillips, time for you to go back to France, buddy. And, uh, she's like, what? And then that's the movie. Yeah. It's, it's, it literally ends with, um, it literally ends with her going, what? And then, uh, crazy music starts playing in the credits roll. No, it's a very, it's a very chaste movie. No one seems to have sex with anyone in this movie either. That's not what happens. They, they admit they love each other. And then, yeah, he gets deported, and that's how it ends. I get it's yeah. setting up green card too, which we never got. But yeah. presumably, I, I would assume that they they worked it out. But but it is it is an oddly sexless movie. You yes. know, there there you know, no one has sex with anyone. She hasn't had sex with her boyfriend after he's been gone for a while. I mean, there's there's presumably it's because she's kind of realizes she's following for George. But it's it seems in in keeping with with that with the times when there was sort of a you know there was kind of a downturn in in on screen sex uh in 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 the nineties or the early nineties anyway nothing happens in this movie well, they get true. in an argument about plants a couple times he builds her a nice garden on their uh their roof and she's mad because that was her research which sure i mean she has every right to be mad but but he he thought they were weeds and it mm-hmm. was her her research weed here's here's a plot point i didn't understand like so she she agrees to enter into the sham marriage so that she can have access to this apartment why how did that how did that work out how did she how did she become aware of it no how did she no where did this apartment come from uh, that, that i think it's explained in the film but but my memory of the film is i don't know if it, I mean, i'm sure it is but it's like in passing like she agrees to this all of a sudden she lives in this beautiful penthouse apartment with a, with a greenhouse and i'm like mm-hmm. wait a second but because i don't think it's his apartment either no it, it's it's someone i believe it's someone has died again uh, you know to support oh, she had to be married to get right. to get the inheritance to get no i think the the condo board did not want any any unmarried people in the building Okay, wait. So she could afford it on her own. You know, that apartment. That apartment is like if she's renting, it's probably like seven thousand dollars a month. Okay, I know this is nineteen ninety, so it's still probably like five thousand dollars a month. That is like that is like a four million dollar apartment. Yes, easy. I mean, probably more. So she could afford this on her own, but they didn't want her to have it because she wasn't married. This movie's strange. So she agrees to marry George. And that's so. So the, so the board goes sure. Th- this seems cool. And this then uh, never oh yeah, fun. and then she has a nosy neighbor who keeps asking why uh, <laughs> why government officials keep coming to their apartment to ask questions. Yep, I don't know. Hey, this Wait, is this is the movie you like. I'm just pointing out. I'm just pointing I, out. Uh, let's not let's not let's not get carried away. It's fine. It's a perfectly pleasant, like kind of sleepy t- sleepy time movie. Um, it, I, I liked kind of you know I, at this point I kind of like movies that can take me back to uh, times and places that that that, that I've I've never uh, that that have that slipped into the past. Like this yeah. is a very 1990s New York. Uh, that we see early '90s New York. There's you know no no internet, no cell phones, no plot, no plot. That, that no, nothing, no, no tension, nothing really going on. Nothing really except they, these they, two people, these two strangers, having to have conversations with each other about plants. Uh, but they you know they fall in love, and and you know if, if you don't like this movie, you just at don't the like end love, they fall right? in love, and he gets no. deported. He gets deported. 
Yeah. He wears overalls. That's kind of fun, right? He does. Yeah. He does that. He, 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 he fixes a light bulb, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's a plot. He fixes a light bulb. Oh, another, another plot is that he hums to himself and she asks, what are you humming? And he gets mad because he says he doesn't hum. That is a 10 minute scene. It is. That is true. <laughs> Here are the movies that uh, oh man, follow, uh, follow. The, 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 these are the movies that I get worried about. Like anytime, like a movie like this pops up with this with this format, we do green card. It's like it's it's, uh, what a, it's part of it. You, you gotta you gotta you gotta take these as well. So here are the American films. So he made to follow up with this. He to follow up this. He made he remade My Father the Hero, which he'd already appeared in before. He he made that movie in 1991 in France and 1994 in America. He was Christopher Columbus in 1492 Conquest of Paradise, and he, he was in a film called Bogus. And I think at that point there was also Man in the Iron Mask. But I think at that that point. People caught on. There's kind of a ceiling as to how popular Jared Depardieu would be in America because he more or less goes back to France except for things like 102 Dalmatians and the occasional um, appearance in an American film. So yeah, what's his uh, – so nothing in the 2000s that that's worthwhile? I'm trying – I mean, I was scanning the filmography and nothing comes to mind immediately in terms of American – He's a Russian citizen. Right. There's a whole weird thing with him and Russia that I don't know that much about but uh, – but perhaps that's okay. He was in Last Holiday, the Wayne Wang okay. film with Queen Latifah. Did you ever see that one? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Uh, it's a movie. It's definitely a movie. Um, he was in Babylon AD. Yeah. Yeah, he's done stuff. But... He was in Coco. But he never became a different Coco. Um, <laughs> <laughs> wrong Coco. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, I don't... man, Coco came out in 2009. Wow, time time's really going fast. He's in he's Life of Pi. So it's like he he shows up in American films, but it's more like, you know, special guest star Gerard Depardieu. It's not like he ever really. I remember him in Life of Pi. Right. He's the evil cook. Yeah. And he's good in that. The same character from this movie, by the way. Is it? You know, that could, that could work. Yeah. I think, I, I think their extended Life of, you know, Green Card Universe, this is, that would, that would make sense. Um, I'm so done. I'm done with this one. Yeah. Final thoughts on Green Card. I'd say. Nope. You know, have it, none. I'd say if it comes on on cable, you're fine. You'll be you'll be modest. Take a take a little nap. Watch and, and anything wake else. Up. If you have cable, you have access to so many other other channels. <laughs> just just go to a different one. Yeah, but people are lazy. You know, they're not gonna they're not gonna change the channel. Yeah, no they, one, there's you know they've got these uh, remotes now. You don't even have to go up to the TV. <laughs> you can you can change the channel from bed. It's crazy. Do you ever, you ever find yourself too lazy to even do that though? No. Uh, yeah. All right. No, I have found myself too lazy. Those situations where, like, there's a movie on cable. They're like, oh, man, I love this movie. And you're watching it, and, like, it's filled with commercials. And it's, like, every, t- every like, ten minutes the movie stops to watch commercials. And I own the movie on Blu-ray. Sure. But I'm too lazy to go. I'm going to put the Blu-ray and just watch it all the way through. I'm going to sit here and watch it with commercials instead. That's what I – I'm too lazy to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've, there's I've also this that. weird communal experience of it. Like, if, like – Indiana Jones, the Temple of Doom is on the Paramount Network, which used to be Spike. Now it's the Paramount Network. It, it's it's kind of nice knowing there's other people watching it at the same time, right? It is like the smallest acknowledgement that you're not alone on the planet to 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 it's realize. Strange, but it, it it affects me. Like I, the fact that something's on TNN, I'm like, well, other people are watching this right now too. Great. Yep. I I stumbled on Ghoulies the other night and watched a chunk of that. That's a fun movie. What channel was that on? 
Uh, one of the, there's like there's strange like I think it's like a you know a a, a sub channel of stars or something. There's one channel that basically seems to only show Roger Moore, James Bond movies, which is fine by me. But yeah. that's literally all that, that that I've ever seen on that channel. Well, what's uh, uh, I want I want to know what this channel is. It might have been like the like Star, there's a Sony stars more channel. It might have been that more stars, more stars. M O O R E stars. Right. All right. We're just we're just we're just wasting time now. We should we should visit the random number generator. To sure. See Here we go. Well, you, you, know, you know, you know what we have coming. You know who's going to oh, we are going to have a, a guest for the next show. Nice. Uh, Alan Sepinwall, our old friend. Nice. And uh, let's pick what movie we'll be watching with Alan. What's Alan? What's Alan, what's Alan watching? watching? <laughs> what's Alan going to be watching this week? He is going to be watching a movie from 1996. Okay. The fiftieth most popular movie from nineteen ninety six. We've never actually. This is the lowest we've gone. Fifty. We actually. We're going to do a fifty. I know. This is the this is the first fifty. Okay. And that movie is the David Spade Chris Farley classic, not Tommy Boy, Black Sheep. Huh. You know, I've I've never I've never seen that one, and and I would thought it would be more popular because it seems like. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but. Doesn't it seem like it would be a more popular? It's film? a like, lot what's... like Tommy Boy, only just not as good. Okay, uh, yeah. but Tommy Boy's not that good. <laughs> so uh, that's that's there's that good maybe... points. No, there's good parts of Tommy Boy. Right, that's a movie I may have. Speaking of watching stuff on cable, I may have. I know I've seen that whole movie, but I don't think I've ever seen it chronologically. I think I've just seen big chunks of it at, at given. You know, um... hey, you know what? You, here's a good uh, uh, indicator of how big a bomb the Island of Doctor Moreau was back in 1996. Um, Black Sheep made more money than it did. Oh wow! I'm I'm trying to look up what what was the we 49th? can't do Island of Doctor Moreau. The Island of Doctor Moreau did so bad it does not qualify for our ranking our our what? our numbers. What's the rank? Fifty four. No. What's fifty five? What's forty nine? I I got the page up now here too. Homeward Bound two lost in San Francisco. <laughs> it's a big city. I can see where you would get lost. Forty eight daylight and forty seven is striptease. And 51 is Rumble in the Bronx, which I think of as – that was a hit. It was just small-scale hit, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. But I, I like Dr. Moreau. That was a – that did not do well. That thing you do with 60? The thing yeah. you do is great. I love that movie. Yeah, it didn't It didn't make a lot of money. It caught on later. Escape mm. from L.A. did really bad. Yeah. I didn't know that. Well. I knew it wasn't like a big hit, but I didn't know it was way down at 63. We really Wait, are wasting are, time, though. Fly Away Home is 64. Kingpin 65. Those are good, those are good movies. Yeah. What's, what's wrong with people? I don't know. Yeah. All right. Well, we should wind things down. Uh, Mike, it was a pleasure talking to you. Sure. Where, where, where can we find uh, you? No, I don't want to be found after this one. All right. Well, I'll just, I'll, 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 Mike Ryan is, is a, is a writer for Uproxx. You can find him on Twitter at, is it just Mike Ryan? Just Mike Ryan, right? Yeah. All right. E- easy enough. What? See, I didn't want to be found. You told people anyway. All right, sorry. Um, I'm my name is Keith Phipps. I'm a freelance writer. You can find me on Twitter, KPhipps3000. I've, I've been writing places, you know, pieces for. What's the th- where's the three thousand come from? What's that? Uh, I I just like it. it sounds okay. futuristic and it's sort of like I don't think it's a direct homage to Mystery Science Theater three thousand, but I think that was may have been in the back of my mind. Oh, that's uh, okay. But you know, the year you were born, three thousand. It's from the future. You're from the um, future. You can find me. I can find my writing places like Vulture and Rolling Stone and The Ringer and other places as well. And our music is from the album Music for Podcast by Lee Rosevere. And we have. I want to thank Dan Jakes for his Battle, that album right now, battling it out with the Stars Born soundtrack. Yeah, for yeah. Uh, tops, Leo. tops of the, the 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 Billboard hits. 
Yeah. Well, yeah. May, you know, maybe we'll hit that at some point and talk about a star is born at some future, future, future incarnation of this podcast. But uh, for now, we're just going to say goodbye. And thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye.